Avengers, Lion King, Game of Thrones. Everyone raise a glass. It's time for another episode of Whiskey Flicks. Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Flicks. We're sorry it's taken us so long to get back to you, but we're really excited to be back in the saddle talking about two of our favorite things, whiskey and movies. And we're really excited to introduce a new segment to you, and it's called... So, shots. Speaking of little shots, segments of news from the entertainment industry. Nathan, what do we got? Dylan, I am excited this Sunday night. We're finally going to get to see what happens uh, with Game of Thrones Season 8 kicking off here. Winter is finally here in full force. No spoilers here, folks, but you need to watch this show. If you're not a part of this journey, get on board. Fun fact, this Friday, you can actually cram in all episodes starting Friday morning all the way through and be ready for Sunday night. The Night King is coming, Jon Snow. Uh, man, I, I'm, I'm excited. Now, if I start, if I start Friday morning... I have to watch one episode an hour on the hour yeah. in order to you get literally ready just hit for Sunday, play right? and you don't move. Okay, okay. So No sleep, nothing. So if you're looking to watch the newest episode live, you're basically giving up sleeping. Your whole weekend. Eating. You're giving up everything. The whole thing. But you, you, still, you still could delay yourself a little bit. I, I don't recommend it because everything's going to come out on Sunday. Oh, yeah. You've got to get ready. Comes. you got to get ready. So if you don't know anything... Um, you're probably going to need to delay yourself, but turn off social media. Andrew, what do you have to say about Game of Thrones? Well, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I have played games with cones. Uh, dodgeball, kickball. I uh, always preferred kicking it to right field because Susan was out there and couldn't catch the ball. Um, but didn't think you guys want to talk about that. But speaking of my childhood, uh, Disney dropped a new Lion King trailer yesterday. And Hakuna freaking Matata. This trailer was fantastic. Uh, we got our first look about four months ago. Didn't get a whole lot of information. Just got a feel for the looks of the film back then but this new trailer yesterday if you have not seen it drop what you're doing if you're holding your baby throw him on the couch it's time to watch the trailer okay this movie looks great Simba looks fantastic and Scar it's our first look at Scar you even get a little ear twitch in the trailer that makes it so realistic uh, if you saw the Jungle Book wait wait this isn't real animals that we're talking so about? So they did train real animals, but three or four people working on the movie did get killed by the lions oh. during filming. Okay. Uh, so they, true? It is very true. So they CGI'd the lions, but the hyenas and the rest of the animals are completely trained professional actors, Dylan. Quick question. Uh, did you get emotional in watching that trailer? I, I did. I So the scene where you see the wildebeest running through the little valley there, and I'm you know ready. that's a scene. I'm with not Mufasa. ready. Nobody, if you don't cry, you're not human. You've got no heart. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. The whole thing, I think, is going to be an emotional roller coaster. Some complaints about it being kind of a shot-for-shot shot remake of the original animated film. Do we film? really care? We don't care. Um, no, please don't, don't give care. me a shot-for-shot shot remake. See, that's, and that's actually, it's funny. Some people are complaining it's a shot-for-shot shot remake. Mm. That's my opposite complaint that's what I want. about some of the trailers I've seen for Aladdin. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's kind of old news. That trailer's been out. But I would have liked to have seen a shot-for-shot shot remake. Of Aladdin. Aladdin suffers, I think, from the simple fact and the very sad fact that Robin Williams is no longer with us. Very true. He, that, that's an iconic character that, that he lost made. Lost a legend there. Um, so it, it'd be like Lion King without James Earl Jones. Hmm. We're getting Mufasa. Unfortunately, we're not getting the original genie. I'm interested yeah. to see Aladdin, um, but we will talk more of that in the coming weeks. Uh, Dylan, 
We had an interesting, uh, fun time trying to get tickets the other day. Why don't you share that information with yeah, us? Holy up. freaking crap. Avengers Endgame is here, and it has broken the internet. Um, I don't know about you guys out there, but the three of us were up bright and early on April the 2nd awaiting to purchase our tickets. We'd been following the rumors for months that the tickets were going to be released on April the 2nd. The text message went out in our group. Tickets are on sale. We were all on the website within, what, 45 seconds oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. the announcement? Ready to go. And how many hours later did we finally get tickets? Four. Four, Ooh, four hours, five hours, hours later. later. We not, only, not only did we not get the tickets online, we had to go straight up early 2000s style to the movie theater. I didn't even know how that works. I, right? I didn't even know they sold I tickets in AMC movie theaters Stubbs. anymore. What's the point? What's the mm-hmm. point of being a Stubbs member? <laughs> what is the point of being an AMC Stubbs member if I can't buy my tickets online? I have a paper ticket in my wallet. I haven't had a paper ticket. What are the t- chances I'm getting to April 25th with a I don't freaking know where piece of paper in my wallet? I can't find what, do my I, ticket. Do I show it to the people? Do I make a copy of it? I'm, not, do I, I'm trying to upload it online. You can't do it. There's nowhere for me to put no. the ticket in my AMC will, stubs online. You can't. Yeah. I tried inserting it to the charging port of my phone. It won't go in. I will say one of the funnest parts of my morning then was literally uh, watching the Twitter feed. Twitter blew up. Mm-hmm. Fandango had crashed. AMC stubs had crashed. Andrew, you actually managed to try and buy tickets through another uh, platform. What happened there? I did, yes. Uh, I don't want to name that app because they Adam. may be listening. Adam. Uh, <laughs> let's just say Adam and Eve uh, might have sold me some tickets. Uh, through their app, it was seamless. It was fast. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll move to this app that we won't call named Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they emailed me saying, hey, there was a failure with your tickets. And then I spoke with somebody over the phone who told me, yes, we were told this morning that Avengers Endgame tickets would not sell through our app. Oh, okay. um, so I threw that said phone through a window because uh, I was pretty furious about that news. Did they take your money? They, I think they refunded it. I should probably check. Um, they better have. They better have. Yeah, but I, I was but, but, look into that. But, but we can all agree the feeling when we purchase those tickets. Oh, for, pure joy. For Dolby. Oh, that, okay. AMC, Thurbit 20, a massive shout out to our local cinema here. I folks, do, exactly. Please support your local theater. Yes, Go there please. and thank them. They are wonderful people. They really hooked us up big time. Absolutely. Dylan? I mean, that's it, you, you, took, you took the words right out of my mouth, Literally which did. is the beauty of a podcast and the beauty of three people that think the exact same way. You just get to take the words out of my mouth because it, it i can't be more enthusiastic about support your local theater okay um if you're not going and actually seeing movies in the theater if you're waiting for them to come out on dvd it's a bad idea first off you're missing out on a huge experience support the cinema yeah dylan you took the words right out of my mouth support your local theaters <laughs> <laughs> okay well on that note that concludes our segment of shots uh and we hope you like it because we're going to bring it around a little bit more and uh just to close the segment let's bring that great jingle back all right it's the time that some of you have been waiting for and that is our whiskey segment uh some of you only check in couldn't care less about the films but you want to hear what we have to say about different whiskeys and bourbons that are out there uh and one of our hosts mr nathan purdy uh just got back from a fantastic trip going around and visiting a couple different distilleries and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that um nathan where'd you go and why was it so fun Dylan, there was a bunch of us headed up to uh, Kentucky on a bourbon weekend trip. Man, we had a we had a blast. We tri- checked out maybe I think seven different distilleries. I can't even remember. Um, but I want to focus on one 
specifically and talk about it. It's called Castle and Key. Castle and Key Distillery up in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. We had an absolute blast. This place is a hidden gem. Um, I have never heard of it before. It's uh, opened up in 2014, I believe it is. Uh, the story goes, a gentleman uh, purchased the distillery looking to get into the fine art of bourbon uh, making. Yeah. And this story will blow your mind. Have you heard of Castle and Key, Dylan? No, no, I, I haven't. And I like to consider myself, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a connoisseur by any means, but I like to consider myself privy mm-hmm. to bourbon knowledge and news, but I've never heard of it. So okay, what 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 makes Castle and the Key different from some of these other distilleries? Well, here's the story right off their, web, their actual webpage. 1887, legendary distiller Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. That's right, Colonel Taylor, folks, built a new kind of distillery destination in Millville, Kentucky. The groundbreaking site featured a unique architectural elements, including a castle, a classical spring house, a beautiful big shape of an actual key, uh, limestone uh, water reservoir, and these amazing sunken gardens. Um, what he what he built it became the birthplace of bourbon tourism and then folks uh, history happened we hit prohibition uh, this place was bought over by another company I think called the national um, they closed it down because bourbon was not as popular as it used to be yeah and this place became forgotten about well, it, it got was lost also illegal. in time and it was illegal it got lost in <laughs> in time until it's not quite as popular maybe because you get arrested for it i don't know yeah but like it was lost in time i believe the guy's name is uh will um arvin he was one of the founding partners purchased it for a really good price hmm. dude they went in there they found this beautiful old castle distillery um they're now manufacturing their own bourbon Okay. I don't believe you can buy any bourbon yet. They haven't aged it long enough. Um, <clears throat> they have a master distiller, and she's the first ever female master distiller. There we go. There we go. And folks, their gin and Equality. vodka is incredible. Um, we are very much looking forward to see what bourbon they have hitting the markets in the next few years. But if you can, pick up a bottle of their gin. It's called Castle and Key, and it is fa- fantastic. So when you got back, Nathan, we talked a little bit about this um, kind of off microphone but you did tell me you did get to try a little bit of their bourbon uh castle and key right you said it was no that would have been a nearby distillery that was actually a neighboring distillery folks um it's called um glans creek distillery Mm -hmm. ocd um old uh, crow distillery right around the corner from castle and key so if you do happen to go see castle and key head literally around the corner okay and there's glance creek okay okay my mistake and it is incredible that was the best whiskey we tried it was one of the only balls i purchased okay um the master distiller was uh, phenomenal their operation was small everything was streamlined it was purposeful uh, he loved us. We loved him because we drank a lot of his bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, he let us try some real good premium stuff that hits the market next year. And again, it's called um, Glands Creek Distillery. The ball I have is called OCD Number no. Five, and it is just breathtaking. Okay, so to recap, don't you can't try any Castle and Key bourbon quite yet. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that was my fault. That was my fault. I didn't come prepped for the interview. Uh, and we're even doing a, a recorded podcast so the people on the other side of this 
definitely think we're amateurs, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. But to recap, you can't do Castle and Key quite yet. The biggest reason to go to Castle and Key right now oh, is for the, the historic value. It is the experience. You go there, you will leave just feeling like you've walked through um, bur- a history of bourbon, a hundred-year history. Now, based on the experience alone, do you think they're going to put out good bourbon? We we think so. Their their gin was phenomenal. Um, their master distiller. Um, she seems like she really knows what she's she's doing. So we are excited to see what they bring. But go there, experience it, head around the corner, see the guys at um, Glens Creek, try their OCD number five, buy a bottle of that because two and a half year old bourbon is probably the best bourbon I've tried in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Castle and Key, Glens Creek, really just just take a trip. And, and look it. at a couple of distilleries because if you just get used to going to your bottle shop or your you know your local store, you don't get to experience the beauty that is the whiskey and the bourbon no, and yeah. the experience of of watching where it gets made, seeing the rick houses, seeing where it gets aged, and all the history behind it. So that is this week's whiskey segment. Nathan, do you have anything else that you want to add? That's it, folks. And if you do happen to go to your local um, liquor store, make sure you ask them to put it in an order, try and get some of this stuff and bring it into your time because it is, it's it's really good. Definitely. Good call out. Talk to your local store. There, That is the one positive of being a re- regular at your local store is you get to t- speak into <laughs> what they want to have. These guys you want will them hook to have. you up and they will hook you up. Exactly. Well, so thanks for listening to our whiskey segment. Our next segment is going to be something new and I think you're going to enjoy it. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to our whiskey segment. So we've done shots. We've talked all about whiskey. This next segment is a segment we call Barrel Strength, unfiltered conversation about a specific topic. And this week's Barrel Strength topic is the Marvel Cinematic Universe post-Endgame. Ooh. Let's go. Love it. Andre, what you got? Um, I got a lot, Nathan. It's an interesting topic going around the web right now of what is, not necessarily what movies are going to be released. Uh, The MCU has already put a few out there, not officially on the slate. I think Black Widow is officially on the slate for next year. There is some debate whether it will be Eternals or it could be Doctor Strange 2. We obviously will have another Spider-Man. I think that's in the contract every two years uh, with Sony. And then eventually another Black Panther. The question more so is what is the interest level going to look like once exactly. this chapter of the MCU wraps up, I think I was watching a couple of clips on YouTube of them doing the press tour, and even they admitted this time was sadder than all the other times because for some of them, and we don't mm. know which ones, we have theories, this is it. This yeah. is the end. What kind of effect is that going say, to have on yeah. us as fans? You could say we're in the end game now. I, we all, we're I think you could say that. <laughs> you could, you could try. You could try. Um, I think for me, it is definitely what you just said. I will leave feeling a sense of like like loss and sadness. I'm going to be um, struggling personally to get, to get back into the whole MCU because mm-hmm. this has been a part of my story here. Um, I didn't read the comics, but I, I fell in love with uh, the first Iron Man, Thor, um, Captain America. To see that all come to this finish, that's going to be tough for me. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Let, real talk. Let's go around. How old were you when Iron Man 1 came out? When you, Like when the, when the OG film of the MCU hit? I was 2008. I was 40. I was 20 years old. I would have been 18. So I was 12. You were the baby. Yep. You were the baby. baby, So, but we all saw it at at 
kind of different. I was a college student. You would yeah. have been in high school yeah, or no, whatever they call college, that in Europe. College back in secondary Island. school. No, it's, it's um, no, and I was I was fresh into middle school. So I mean, yeah. we've got fresh in diapers. What's great about this group is we represent all different age ranges, right? We are all across the board in different stages of life when the MCU started, but we all have the same underlying appreciation for the films and what they mean to us. Um, moment of honesty, again, I'm definitely going to cry during this film. Oh, yeah. Anybody else? That's a given. I mean, Tears for me, shed. it's a 99.9% chance that a tear is shed during this film. And it has everything to do with the fact that it's not just 10 years worth of movies. It's 10 years worth of movies that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just look at the, the facts. I started watching these movies before I started puberty. And now I'm on the other side of that. I'm married to a wonderful woman who wants to go and see these films as much as I want to go see hey, them. Amen. Preach it. So it's, it's such a weird, interesting way that they've captured me. But the reason I think that this movie is so huge and it's such a, a, like a, a cornerstone, weird dichotomy for the MCU is... This is what everything's been building up to. And I don't know, and I'm a huge fan. I don't know how invested I'm going to be after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, my wife was baking cookies. And you'll see where this goes here in a second. Uh, and I was hungry, and I was waiting. These cookies took about 45 minutes to an hour uh, for her to prepare and to bake. And when they came out of the oven, they sucked. Um, reason I bring that up is, is sometimes what you wait for doesn't pay off. The question is not whether this is going to pay off or not. I think we all can agree that Endgame is going to pay off. Yeah. I think we're all going to get what we want. I, I've seen multiple actors in the movie. Um, the directors speak that, that this is it. Like, this is probably the best piece of art that they've ever put together. The question is more so how are you going to feel walking out of that theater? When they, Spider Man, this summer coming out, are you going to walk out of that theater saying, man, I can't wait? Till this summer to Spider-Man. When they announced the the date for Black Widow, are you oh man, I can't wait for that? Or is it gonna be a sense of no, I invested because you you just it was an investment of time. Oh, this yeah. was ten years, eleven years now uh, of something that in the beginning I don't think we saw unraveling this way. Um, Not at all. But now we're here and we've spent so much time with these characters. I mean, I'll be the first to admit if Tony Stark goes, mm-hmm. I will have a hard time buying back in. He started it all. I have an, a, as much of an emotional connection as you could have with a character. Mm-hmm. I have that there. There's other characters that I'm connected to that I enjoy. Captain America, Thor, Hulk. But Iron Man and Robbie Downey Jr., Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark is just magical. Yeah. Um, yeah. That if, that if he, when he got stabbed in Infinity War, it was like... It was heartbreaking. Oh, my goodness. It was, there was, there was, was a it. moment I thought that was where it. you He's thought done. he was gone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you figured, done. okay, he'll come back in Endgame or they'll figure something out. But, but this is it. This, somebody's dying. And so the question does become, when I walk out of that theater, will I, it's almost like closing the book... And not wanting to read another so one. So, do you, do you think then this film's going to come to a fantastic finish? Will they give us something to look forward to? Are they going to introduce that next almighty villain? What's going to happen there? Now we're kind of getting into our theories on where the MCU goes from here, and that is. But they have to give us something because, like Andrew said, you're right. What am I going to do when it comes to the next Spider-Man film? But but this is what it, this is the the bigger question, right? So this is what they did this I time. Like Andrew's question. Avengers, the first one, was. The first look we got at Thanos. Mm-hmm. And it took, what, five years to build up to the first Avengers? No, yep. three years to build up to the first Avengers. Is that right? 2008 like that. to 2012. Yeah. 2012, so four, four years. years. Yeah. 
But then it was another six years till they really closed the chapter on Thanos. Are they going to do that again? Are they going to do 10 years worth of build-up for each major villain? I honestly think they can't do that again. I think they're going to let you leave depressed. I really think the Russo brothers want you to go into Endgame going in and leaving thinking about Endgame. Because here's a good point there because I feel like as the audience we are walking into a battle with them. Not to make it too philosophical but that's how we feel mm-hmm. right we're going with them to fight Thanos yeah no I mean emotionally Infinity War took more out of me emotionally than any film ever has mm-hmm. um, some people are probably laughing on the other end of this podcast at that thought but I remember unfortunately Andrew I didn't know you when Infinity War came out I do remember going and seeing it with you Nathan that's true and I remember us walking out of the theater and it was probably 30 minutes before we said anything to each other because we were absolutely shocked at what had happened, and so what? Do you, expand a little bit more on it, Andrew. What are you saying? Like, yeah, I didn't mean? say anything to you guys about the movie for at least another year after I saw it. Um, <laughs> it was a long silence. It was Infinity War was like something I'd never seen before. I don't even know how to. I took my wife to go see it. We saw it opening night, and it was. I, I don't exaggerate this. There are movies I like. There's movies I love. There's movies I don't like. I've never felt so emotionally drained, yet so much in anticipation of something to come than when I left Infinity War. But you, even then, I left Infinity War. It's one of those things where, again, you knew, like, geez, there's only one more. Yeah. Like, as much as, like, we took for granted. If you went back to 2012, I took my nephew to go see Avengers. I never thought, like, well, this is going to end one day. And I never even thought I would care. But I've taken my nephew almost to every marvel movie uh to see him and it's like you look back it's, it's even just things like memories with family memories with my wife of investing time of seeing these movies of doing this us at work or you know me with my friends before i moved here and having conversation after conversation to a certain extent those end in three weeks two weeks now in two weeks we'll have another i'm sure week or two of talking about that movie we'll talk about it forever but the the investment is it's paying off mm-hmm yeah, and that's that's fun because I think we're gonna have the best three hours and two minutes of our life. Oh yeah, you we're know? all excited. Uh, we're watching it again Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, not in our life. Not in our life. In a movie theater. Um, but, in a movie theater. But we will leave. Yes. Um, and let's just say, yeah. like, we have no idea what's going to happen. There's been so many mm-hmm. trailers and stuff online. The Super Brothers have said, Robert Downey Jr. said, no one knows what's going to happen. No, I, this is one of the first films that I'm not excited to go watch. I've already got tickets to see it twice. We we do. We do have Literally. tickets to see it twice. We're so excited. So excited. We're seeing it twice on opening weekend. Yes. We're taking so, a break on Friday. We're watching it again Saturday morning. Exactly. So my only my my follow up question to this, and then this is gonna be it for this episode, is is there any other saga or cinematic event that you think even parallels? to what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has built up to. Is there anything else that you think the only there's only one other saga and it's not really a saga it's it's a trilogy that I think compares um really I guess to the second one just popped into my mind Star Wars Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but the craziest part about this is the Lord of the Rings was done like it was written mm-hmm. it was there J.R.R. Tolkien had put it put an end to it. Everybody knew what was coming. With this, these comics go on 
for as long as people write comics, they're not done, right? I think this is more in line with Friends ending, Seinfeld ending, MASH ending, things that took place over 20-year periods. Um, you can't... I do agree. You know, Lord of the Rings is a great trilogy. Star Wars, great original trilogy. Iffy middle trilogy. We'll and then see how this one ends. We're figuring this one out. But I don't see think it... Goes. I don't think they ever captured bringing back the original fans no. into the story the way they intended. So I don't think you can look at that and say, well, that came out in the 70s. Isn't that a you know, 30, 40-year story? I don't think you can do that. But the people who watched Friends from episode one for years through every season saw those characters grow. Or even if you didn't watch it from episode one, but you you caught on to the hype before the final season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because I think what's crazy like about, you know, about this, about Friends, we're probably three of the only people who have been engaged since Iron Man 1. How many mm-hmm. people waited until the first Avengers and all the hype that that, which at the time was the biggest cinematic mm-hmm. event in history, like how many people jumped on board then? Yeah. But it's still been six years. Mm-hmm. And but, it's still been six years of time invested and in going to see the movie or even not going to see the movie, but waiting for it to come out on DVD. Mm-hmm. And there, people know. Uh, people know about this, even if they aren't nerds. They, well, let's they just know. reference a show that the three of us talk about all the time, The Office. We just talked about will interest go down. How was your interest to the show after Michael Scott left? It tanked pretty bad. It went down. So we're telling tanked hard. So the episodes are still quality. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're good. good. It's they still tanked. the Office. It'll still be the MCU. We'll still have missed, some of those characters we love. But you take away key components, huge, it changes it. So you heard it here first. Avengers Endgame is the Michael Scott. I heard the office. Michael MCU. Scott could be in Avengers Endgame. He might make a cameo. You heard it here first. No. Michael yeah, Scott is making a cameo. You heard it here first. It's not made it anywhere else on the internet. Michael Scott is Thanos. You can count on that. Take it to the bank. Um, but no, but honestly, I, I do think that's a good, for our conversation, is a good parallel of, of what might No, that's happen. good. Yeah, that's good. So, Nathan, why don't you wrap us up uh, and just give a good send-off. You know, we did say this was barrel strength unfiltered, so I like it. Okay, folks, thank you for listening to the latest and greatest episode of Whiskey Flicks. Uh, Look out for the next episode. We're not sure when we'll uh, get time to put that together, but it is coming up. And uh, we have T-shirts. That's right. We have T-shirts available to purchase. Please support us. We're kicking this thing off. We are looking to really get Whiskey Flicks going forward this year. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a t-shirt, check the link in the description of this podcast. And don't forget to follow us at Whiskey Flicks and on Facebook at Whiskey Flicks 3. Thanks so much. Peace out.